Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and together with me is Sunanda Vashish. How are you doing, Sunanda? Good. How are you, Adit? Very good. Just surviving. <laughs> uh, and it's it is great of great pleasure to us that today uh, we've been and we've been we've been promising our listeners that we'll make this happen for a long time but this is a great perfect occasion to have this. Uh, I welcome our guest joining in from Ground Zero in Tripura, uh, columnist um, with the India Foundation, uh, author and uh, someone whose interventions are very very uh, frequently watched and um, appreciated on tv debates is shubrasta hello shubrasta welcome to mind podcast hello everybody great to be here oh the pleasure is ours <clears throat> so um Shubhrasta, uh, you know, uh, how I have to say, how is it like in Tripura? Uh, uh, to quote our favorite journalist Sagarika Ghosh, are there are people smiling and waving at each other like she found in Delhi? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, Tripura is as calm as it ever was. There's no problem at all. In fact, yesterday night I landed at the airport and I, I was all the way, I was coming all the way from the airport to the main city in Agartala. There were no problems at all. People are smiling. People are doing, life is as usual. Yes, in front of the BJP officers, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people, people are a little more smiling for the BJP office than any other place. But otherwise, it's a very, very normal place. So I, and as I rightly, um, as I rightly said in the, tele, uh, in, in most of the te- uh, television studios and from home when I was live there, that things are not as bad or uh, or as uh, rockets as is being made out in Delhi. What are, you, the what are you saying, Shubrasta, on the Republic of uh, Twitter? The world has gone upside down. Do you mean to say Republic of Twitter is not real world? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. The Republic of Twitter is a real world of a couple of, uh, couple of self-proclaimed intellectuals and self-proclaimed warriors for india's democracy yeah. but the real democracy is much more fair now <laughs> absolutely absolutely well put and you know one thing i have to tell you and 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 we are, we are coming to the uh, the northeast right now in very shortly because you have covered the northeast uh, very very in, in a lot of detail somebody put a very lovely tweet out that at least uh, the guys who are lamenting tyranny of distance after the whole lenin statue thing people are discussing tripura in mainstream media suddenly i am i am absolutely sure in my mind I have actually no doubt in my mind that after um, BJP is winning these states in um, Northeast one after another they are also discovering these states on the map of India are you, are you trying to say the only way of removing dist- tyranny of distance is Congress Mukt Bharat yes <laughs> the only way of removing see the only v- uh, way of getting uh, development anywhere is to vote out Congress that we know by now but any way to get journalists in interested or mainstream big media as I call them to get interested in any place is to get um, is to vote in BJP <laughs> so now they have discovered Northeast also as Shubrasta will rightly say yes I absolutely agree with you um, yes I'm a little upset with the kind of coverage that the Northeast is getting these days but I'm really happy and I told this to one of the very senior journalists in the media that I'm really happy that for whatever is happening at least this part of the world is now being discovered and discussed, as Sunanda rightly put. Mm-hmm. And um, ultimately, since the BJP government is in power in uh, most of the northeastern states today, mm-hmm. it would also be good to have a critical eye of the media because 
since the Congress was there, nobody really intervened. Lot of things went wrong without being even addressed or without being even discovered in the very first place. Yeah. Mm. So good that the media is discussing. That's the real strength of democracy. That I all know. the various pillars of democracy work together. So yes, the BJP will have to be really cautious and it's really hard working to ensure that there are no focus. But um, it's good for democracy and good, definitely good for the northeast. Um, Northeast India, and more so for the rest of India, which considers uh, Northeast as some part of China. <laughs> yeah, touche. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's start with the results itself, right? Uh, we'll go to the Lenin statue controversy later, uh, because uh, for yeah. a, unlike a lot of people, Lenin is not the only thing on our minds. Um, let's start with uh, let's start with Tripura, since you are there right now, and probably because that's the most significant, or the landslide, as you said. BJP got about one percent vote last time. Uh, right now, okay. if you count it with the ally, it is close to 50 percent. And um, yeah. that is a humongous jump, 49 percent. And Congress is reduced to 42,000 total votes in Tripura, like less than two yeah. percent from being the single, uh, the, the single largest opposition party. So what changed fundamentally you know people people just say that are congress kuch congress ke leaders aa gaye to sab kuch change ho gaya i was like bhai wo jab congress mein the to bhi congress 35 se aage gayi nahi right so they could not be the only reason that bjp got such a big incremental vote so what do you think shubhrasta in your view changed in the last 6 months or something to affect this um in my opinion the very fact that the congress has not there in the political imagination of the dominant political parties mm. in the Northeast narrative. Mm. Uh, this is something that we talk about in the book as well. There was an arm's length distance that Congress maintained with respect to understanding, appreciating, or working on the political nuances in the Northeast. They always outsourced their politics to the, uh, uh, to the local leaders, which had its own advantages and disadvantages. Mm. The biggest disadvantage was that the Northeast completely became cut off from the from the mainstream, as we call it. I have problems with that physiology, but the mainstream narrative. Mm. Now, therefore, the issues of governance, the issues of development, the, the various the issues of general concern always took a backseat. Mm. And political calculations, uh, uh, manipulations were always at the forefront. Mm. Um, now with this government coming to power at the center, you would find a union minister visiting the northeast every 15 days. There has been lot of development. There has been lot of development that has uh, happened in the northeast for the first time. There are so many villages which got electricity for the first time mm. in Meghalaya. Till today, there are so many places where electricity has not yet reached. There are no hospitals in most in some of the hill, uh, hill tracts of Meghalaya. So the point is, how long can you keep people completely disconnected from basic uh, human rights? I, these are basic human rights. Okay. So I think now that most of these northeastern states woke up to the reality that the world that we have been forced to live in is not the world that we deserve. Mm. And therefore we need to look for other options. Now, one can argue that they did not think about it earlier. Of course they did, but there was no credible alternative. Mm. They could not see a credible alternative. And the kind of propaganda that went, went on ground on BJP being this anti-minority, BJP being this totally hyper-nationalist party, slowly I think, of course with the whole strategic interventions of the top leadership in Delhi uh, from the BJP, whether it is uh, Sri Ram Madhavji who has the 
Prabhar of all, the entire um, border states of India, and definitely Mr. Ramit Shah, I think finally it culminated into uh, convincing some of the leaders from the Congress Party to join uh, to join the BJP, and the chief among them being Himant Prakash Sharma. Now, we also need to understand why did Himant Prakash Sharma defect? Why did Himant Prakash Sharma leave a party? Uh, uh, whose leader till today he, he he says that some of the leaders of the Congress Party were his mentors and he got into politics because of them. So one needs to understand what is the difference between that leadership of the Congress and this leadership of the Congress. Mm-hmm. You can't just you know uh, tag a person as an opportunist and move on. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I just said in one of uh, the, the television uh, uh, debates, that when it comes to a person's ego and when it comes to a person's self-respect. There are so many revolutions and so many uh, fights that one that one uh, either takes up or gives up. Mm-hmm. So, and the, the arrogance of the Congress that only we are the ones who will guide the destiny of mm-hmm. India slash Northeast uh, slash any other uh, or on any other issue that India uh, uh, you know debates uh, on. That is the arrogance I think which took the Congress Party down, and will continue to take it down. Absolutely, it's just not willing to introspect. Ha, and and what you said about Himanta is very interesting because I mean, uh, who better but you to talk about with the Assam elections? Because the whole northeastern focus really, or the northeastern swing towards the BJP started with Assam in the Lok Sabha in 2014, and it only amplified in 2016 Vidhan Sabha elections where BJP swept Assam. You know, Himanta Biswas Sharma and uh, Rajat, and you have written a wonderful book, The Last Battle of Sarai Ghat. Chronicling that, um, what I want to uh, go. No, I just wanted to come in here and uh-huh. just say um, that you know, um, and it's wonderful that yes, Assam was fought and everything. But I remember way before two thousand fourteen, and other you will you remember the dates very well. But I think it was sometime in two thousand twelve or something. Um, I remember talking to uh, def- current Defence Minister Nirmala Sitaraman at that time mm-hmm. in who was who at that time had been given the responsibility for Northeast. And I remember I was researching for some um, a piece and I was talking to her, and she used to go to even at that time when there was no hope for. Currently, when people thought there was no hope for BJP in um, Northeast, she, along with many other people from BJP and some RSS chakas, were nurturing um, Northeast. So this victory hasn't come in a day or a month or no, a absolutely, year. Absolutely, absolutely. It has. I mean, I have publicly said this that I give a huge uh, shout out to um, the entire sang parivar actually to think and not lose their momentum even for a minute in northeast <laughs> and understand that they need to uh, spread their wings there so i think it is a victory that has been won over many years so Right, I mean, we and I'm coming to Shubhras in just a minute. Uh, you know, we tend to view at elections with very narrow prisms, right? Yes. It's it's a different pa- parts of a jigsaw puzzle. And I remember, I mean, I, we talked to Nirmala Sitaraman about this, and and she mentioned this. That was the first piece of the jigsaw puzzle, and with Himanta and others joining, and then them getting their political messaging correctly, it all just got together. But what what is interesting is. Um, Apart now from Tripura, I'm moving to Nagaland. Uh, when Nagaland, where nephew Ra- Rio, he was the he was in in the Naga People's Front for the longest. Uh, uh, time and he split the Naga people's uh, front to form the NDPP. I think he was even in the first NDA government of Vajpayee, and NDPP and BJP in alliance 
got a huge majority and again congress was swept out in nagaland i think together in both the states combined they got some 65000 votes in tripura and nagaland it wow. was such a sweep so even that is interesting so do you also think uh, see shubhras the willingness of a lot of uh, indigenous parties of the northeast because in tripura also they had a uh, alliance with the indigenous parties a lot of tribal parties actually coming in the alliance with bjp um i'll uh It's slightly long to answer this question because this is one of my favorite, uh, my favorite articulation of uh, of what really happened in the North East. Mm. Um, Nanda very rightly pointed out that the Sangha Parivar never for a moment forgot the North East, and never for a moment even BJP after it got serious about making political inroads, which happened, I think, decades ago, mm. uh, slacked even a bit. And that is where the difference lies between the other party, uh, between the Congress and the BJP, to be very, very. Uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> on that. Mm-hmm. So if you hear, uh, you you would not be surprised to hear lot of spokespersons of the Congress saying, "Oh, it was not much. Uh, North East doesn't hold that much of importance in terms of seats, etc." So we, it, you know, it doesn't count in the national imagination. Now we have to understand where where does the North uh, North East lie in the conception of the Sangha Parivar? Mm-hmm. Um, as an Akhand Bharat, in the imagination of the Akhand Bharat. that comes down from the purana to uh, to what the sang articulates um it is the right wing sorry it is the right limb of of the bharat mata so which was till now severed intellectually and politically from the national uh, national consciousness because there were all these subnational movements there were all these uh, 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 sometimes even anti national articulations within uh, the very very regional folds now i i call them subnational and subregional uh, because of the entire leftist narrative which completely discounted the cultural civilizational aspects of the northeast that uh, that should have ideally dominated the scene because when we hear of when we read of krishna's marriage with uh, the princess of uh, with the princess in 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 assam or when we hear of the naga kings There mm-hmm. was nothing but it, it was nothing but that you know that beautiful tapestry of India woven together. But somehow the the leftist historians, the Marxist historians, always ignored the civilizational aspect to talk mm-hmm. about the to talk about the Chinese influence or to talk about the South East Asian influence more in 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 uh, in the North East. Uh, now we also need to understand and Kapil Kesarji and I we were discussing the other day when he said that from that that entire region israel japan the entire north is not dominated by the islamic invasion right yes. none islam just could not reach that place in fact the last battle of uh, of horaiga hmm. was one of the seminal battles because of which the islam couldn't uh, uh, prosper the way it prospered in the west in the west of india Correct. and not just that but even the rest of southeast asia mm. so this is the cultural civilizational aspect which is deliberately being obfuscated which was deliberately ignored and the intellectual rendering of that was the whole talk of the ulfa movement the whole talk of ipsc and and so on and so forth mm. now let's come to the ipsc specifically why was the ipsc formed if you deny a major chunk of the population living in very rugged conditions uh, with, uh, from development uh, they are bound to revolt they are bound mm. to demand a land of their own which is which gives them uh, the the required attention from whoever is in power and who was in power all these years it was either the congress 
and on predominantly the left. So you and when the IPFC was formed, you rendered this these entire tribals as terrorists. That has been the narrative in Tripura even today from the from the left side. So when you do that, of course it becomes a very very difficult uh, uh, proposition for any of the regional flavors of all these movements or all these people to join the mainstream again. Again, uh, with that rider, I would simply use this page. Mm. Now, the BJP, and we write in the book also, has a secret recipe, uh, uses a secret sauce to unify these regional elements and these regional articulations with the national one. Because ultimately, whether it is the demand for a particular land or whether it is the uh, fight over land rights in uh, in either Assam or in uh, or in Manipur. It is all a part of preserving the land, preserving the heritage and the culture, mm. preserving the heritage and the culture of of uh, of the place that they're living in. I think they find this kind of a solace and find this kind of a resonance in what the BJP says nationally. So it shouldn't come as a surprise to most of the TV panelists sitting in air-conditioned chambers in Delhi, or even the most importantly the anchors, uh, who go on to say that, oh, well, BJP is opportunistic and, and ties with all these uh, separatist forces. No, there is a nuance which they deliberately want to ignore because they read and they want to appropriate that history again and again. No, absolutely. Sorry, no, 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 I'm glad you did. Because the essential point that I think you're making is that amidst these the regional aspirations or something, that is, there is this sub-regional thing of it stems from uh, preserving their own cultural identity in what they see a hegemonic No, and also uh, an important imposition. Important point that Shubrasta made, and I'm so glad she did it. Uh, she talked about the civilizational connect of um, how India is connected to. Um, Northeast. Um, Shubrasta, all my life I have fought for this. I, I come from the state of Jammu and Kashmir, as you all know. And for the right. longest time, leftist historians have said that, have tried to prove that Kashmir has never been part of Indian continent or Indian consciousness. Absolutely. And that just drives me nuts. I mean, I, I, and I just tell them, I said, it's not that they're can be no Kashmir um, without India. I tell them there can be no India without Kashmir hmm. because that is the fountainhead of our civilization. Why does uh, why does somebody in Coimbatore look towards north and pray? You know, he is praying, you know, when they are saying the goddess of learning who is in POK Absolutely. right now. Why do they do that? Hmm. These are small civilizational connect. connect. So when you said that, it, it really, you know, um, brought that back to me that how we have been fighting about that. And this is... This no, is and, and Sunanda, to justify this rubbish theory, they came up with a ridiculous phrase called Kashmiriyat. Yeah. Now, what in the hell is Kashmiriyat? Rubbish. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a euphemism for Islamization of Kashmir. Yes, it is. I, right? I agree. Because in their view, they are viewing Kashmir as almost an Islamic state and things like that, forgetting what Adi Shankara did before that. Before. And what the hell is Sharda Peet? Yeah. Forgetting the entire history, pre-Islamic is history. So I'm 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 just glad that was um, uh, brought in. May yeah. I may I may yeah. I come in? Oh, please, please, yeah, please, yes. I think I think the pattern. I think this pattern of uh, of intellectual hegemony, which has been created by the left uh, and endorsed by the media, acad acad sorry, media, academia, and uh, the power nexus that they have, it exactly does what Sunanda you also pointed out. They 
initiate this kind of selective amnesia in the minds of people hmm. through constant hammering and intellectualization of the fact that you are not a part of of whatever articulation there is of cultural nationalism uh, whatever their idea of india is yeah yes hmm. and then they begin the the whole discussion on the idea of india without re- even taking india into account yeah uh, kashmir is the head of if, if you just if we just uh, talk about the akhand bharat articulation kashmir jammu and kashmir is the head the the mukut of of bharat ma uh, gujarat kutch that entire uh, the, the entire uh, sea out there and the landmass out there is the is the uh, right limb of bharat ma yeah. the northeast region and there the and this actually in the akhand bharat uh, uh, real, uh, you know uh, imagination we see bharat ma ka Archers line all the way to even Southeast Asia because still there we have our civilizational connect. Yeah. The entire left limb mm. is that of uh, is that of the northeastern state. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, we we know we have grown up reading this, but somehow somewhere down the line, this was all obliterated. Yeah. And and there, I in my opinion, there is a certain design to it. Of course, so there is. So when Bharat ke tukre honge resounds in JNU, yeah. it is not just one articulation by two three Lankan elements and just. No. It is a very very loaded terminology. It is. There they absolutely say that हमने आसाम के टुकड़े करने की कोशिश की ही, जम्मू कश्मीर की कोशिश की ही, हम सदर इंडिया में लिंग्विस्टिक डिवाइड की बात करते ही हैं, तो भारत तेरे टुकड़े होंगे and lot of intellectual relevance to it as well. Absolutely. Hmm. So interesting points, and then I think. Uh, since you brought in jnu it is only natural that in part 2 we discuss about their ideological mentors <laughs> lenin stalin all those etc etc heroes ha um, not sitaram yachuri god knows we, we only discover discuss relevant topics here <laughs> not in relevant we only discuss champ we do not discuss champion so <laughs> 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 nay but you know our, our my other colleague uh, pr- uh, he calls sitaram yachuri as the permanent uh, uh, invitee of the congress working committee to the congress communist party of india <laughs> And so and apparently, I even heard that Congress is offering him a Rajya Sabha seat. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to ask inside the house or outside the house, but that would be too bad. <laughs> so, in in just just hold on for five seconds, and we'll be back with part two. We'll talk a little bit about Meghalaya, and then we'll talk about uh, the Lenin controversy. So, uh, welcome, guys. As you can see, uh, I think Shubhrasta has uh, not hated us that much. She hasn't run away. She's still here. <laughs> So uh, I think um, uh, let's talk a little bit about Meghalaya and then we I want to move into the controversy thing. Uh see I I I found a lot of people lamenting that uh, Congress ke paas to you know uh was a single largest party why wasn't he, he it invited to form the government or something like that but I think kya hua ke invitation ke pehle hi greeting card samne side samne wali side se aa gaya. that's what happened and i think this is what also happens when in a parliamentary democracy when your leader is out of country celebrating uh, when the election results are happening no he's doing um, what holy with his nani in italy ha matlab that joke to thi na ki nani yaad aa gayi election ke baad and all that stuff but <laughs> but, but This, what this tells me also is Congress is not serious about mm. doing anything because actually Himanta Biswa Sharma said it very nicely, articulately on uh, in one of the television bites that I heard. He said, you know, he puts all these senior Congress leaders also in a they get very they get humiliated in the process because they don't have a strategy mm. and then they come and they can blame. See, you cannot blame me for my own success, you know. Mm. 
BJP is a political party. They are going to play politics. Why shouldn't they? And why, you know, if they have a chance of doing it, why should they not do it? No. And every party has a right to and, do it. And, and because you cannot do it, you cannot blame. Uh, but Congress else. made problem here. And coming to Shubhrasa in just a second, a lot of out of work ex MPs are given this position. So Mukul Vasnik, an ex MP of Maharashtra, is the Northeast in charge. Then you have uh, Ashok Ghilot to Thay Gujarat. Mein. Mm. Then you had uh, who? Uh, Digvijay. Singh was sent in Goa. Yeah. And I think Manohar Parikar publicly thanked Digvijay Singh that <laughs> so, so how do you view Meghalaya, Shubhrasta? What happened there? Um, while what, what all of you said of course uh, is true, the other thing also which, um, which we are deliberately made to forget again by either the Congress spokespersons or Congress spokespersons in the media is the fact that Last time I remember when when, uh, when this happened in Manipur, everybody cried foul and said, oh, but we were not as agile as we could have been. Now, this time they felt they sent their stall was and if the tail was right there on ground zero, mm. still they couldn't. I but think that's why Congress they... Congress does not <laughs> want to... Yes. <laughs> I think Congress does not want to accept the fact that the people's mandate was anti-Congress mm. in all the states that, that we are discussing right now. The moment they accept that, perhaps then they would be able to realize where, what went wrong there. Also, I of course, in Meghalaya, BJP did not get the, the required number of uh, seats to claim a majoritarian share in the full power situation. But happily, BJP, MPP and the other regional parties formed the government together. So, this is a fact that you cannot ignore. If the, if the Congress felt that it, it really was the, second, the first largest party and the fact that... Um, uh, that the, the others should uh, have come together. It could have. It, it, it is. It is a very arrogant articulation on the part of well, we got these 21 seats. Now you need to come to us. Now the second thing also, uh, if you look, look at the local uh, local media uh, reports in in Meghalaya, uh, the publicity body, none other than Patricia Mukhil, has been going hammer and tongs against the Congress. She has alleged quite openly on her Facebook, even I think in one of her articles that it was the money power that, that won in Meghalaya. So for all the talk and all the insinuation against the BJP that it used money to it uses money to sort of buy MLAs, horse trade, etc. etc. In fact it's the Congress which has been accused and legitimately so for doing all this. Uh, in Manipur and Nagaland, um uh the last elections when we were there, it was ridiculous to see the kind of money and muscle power mm. Congress flex to somehow retain uh, retain power. Yes. Not Nagaland, Manipur. I mean, when I said Nagaland, I meant the Naga Hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was, and, and I wouldn't deny that. And, and, and for a state so plagued with insurgency uh, as it was, and then, you know, you had curfews where the petrol prices would go up ridiculous and stuff like that. Sometimes you, you, you almost wonder where people are like, this is this one place where they actually can get some money of the political party. So they were also squeezing them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's almost a macabre reality of India that we live in. 
True. So, True. Uh, so that's that. Uh, so you know, th- something always fascinates me when there are Indian journalists who tell me of the mainstream media, uh, and I know you've said you hate the term the word mainstream, but let's call it the Latians media. They they say that they talk about relevant issues and try to do relevant issues of the day. So let's look at some of the issues they talk before the elections and after the elections. So before the elections, a week they yeah. start spent talking about what happened to Shri Devi. <laughs> And after the elections, now they are talking. What happened to Lenin statue? Now, is my relevant yeah, issues? Yeah, and these so are political journalists. I don't mind. Yeah, I don't mind people talking about Sri Devi. That is a newsworthy issue. But then, Sunanda, news uh, political journalists don't need no, to Sunanda, do that. Sunanda, you prime can time. talk about Sri Devi for a day, two days. That's it. She is yeah. an icon. She is an amazing icon. But there are ten thousand other issues. यहाँ पे अगर ऐसा हुआ, do you see Anderson Cooper doing a week's program on a TV actor? No, that's not the point. What I'm saying, it? what I'm saying is that you know these they um, call themselves political journalists. They aren't. They are just sensation create sensational journalists. That's all. They just create sensation. So it doesn't matter where it's coming from. If it is coming from a deceased um, actress who passed away in uh, um you know terrible tragic circumstances or if it is coming from a statue that no one even knew about and has been um you know just regular people who it's the people's will who have um, brought that statue down they will find place no. they will not go beyond anything that is beyond the decibel no no but i'll tell you i'll tell you uh, the main thing i went to you know mai kabhi kabhi jata hu dekhne ke liye ye log kya kaise shows karte so i went to india today's youtube page right the featured video that auto- automatically starts playing on the youtube page page is something that boni kapoor said about shridevi in india today event not yeah. a real story that they did from yeah. the ground not a report that they did but boni kapoor said something the on the reportage that. is dead and i think shubhrasta has been saying it for on a lighter note now uh-huh. that in northeast please send your uh, reporters uh, there and report no, on a lighter note i think india today does more conclaves in a year than reports yeah <laughs> So, but I do remember Shubhrasa saying somewhere that please send your real reporters and do some so, real reportage. Don't just uh, manufacture things. And, and, and since our comment is, our uh, we love critiquing all this. So let's talk five. Spend five minutes about this Lenin thing. So Shubhrasa, how do you view this whole controversy about Lenin statue? This is not a controversy at all. In Tripura, it is not. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the Delhi studios are hyperventilating on it. I remember yesterday when I came and when I came and sat in the room and there were like lot of BJP supporters who were there and I said that but I heard that you guys are indulging in riots and stuff like that and they said it doesn't I we were we were very amused to see the national media even discussing it it is not an issue there it's a way of life in Tripura that whenever one party uh, defeats the other for there are celebrations that happen idols etc are desecrated of the of the of the opposing. Uh, dispensation and that has been the norm so i don't know why suddenly the national media woke up to this consciousness you know rather we counted all those instances where uh, indira gandhi statues and rajiv gandhi statues were desecrated mm-hmm. nobody made a hue and cry then so mm-hmm. i don't understand why does the lenin statue suddenly capture the national imagination uh, so so profoundly yes it it it, it legitimately uh, captured our imagination because we were on ground zero we are ardent uh, uh, haters of 
of the kind of violent ideology, the violent, uh, you know, streak from the communist ideology. But what was the reason for a Rajdeep Sardesai or, uh, or or any other uh, national within course journalist to uh, anchor to take this up on a prime time show? Because I I get angry when you know when an articulation of that sort happens in these television studios because they were completely ignorant. Then as when a Nirbhaya is happening every day in in, in Tripura. That and mm-hmm. this is not a data which is coming from uh, which is coming from Kenya. It's a part of governmental record. Mm-hmm. One minor was being raped in Tripura every single day. Mm-hmm. Wow! There was a 14-year-old a girl tied to a cell phone tower, brutally gang raped by a bunch of communist lumpens. Unbelievable! These people had no no debate at all on that. They're so concerned about the head of Lenin. I really don't understand the misplaced outrage and misplaced anger. Even some within the purported right wing uh, took, uh, to, uh, you know, took it on themselves to, uh, to sort of call it, um, uh, call it an act of riot and so on and so forth. It is not. I, I even, uh, you know, the point is that yes, one should be measured in terms of uh, celebrating the victory. And I, I think the prime minister and uh, the party president. Uh, of the BJP made it very clear that, you know, we do not support any act of vandalism and that's a very legitimate position to take as a party. But you cannot stop the people. You cannot stop the people from celebrating the way they want to celebrate. And I think that is where I think we lose our sense of perspective sitting in, that, in, in, in Delhi studios. That it becomes freedom of expression for you, for someone in JNU to say the kind of nonsense that they said during the whole Umar Khalid episode. Somehow, this uh, this uh, raising of Lenin statue to the ground is not freedom of expression. What is interesting for all the propaganda? No, I I need to make one final. Go point. go go ahead. For all the propaganda, for all the propaganda that the Latvian media did against uh, against raising of the Lenin statue, they called it the handiwork of uh, of the BJP and the RSS. Then the fact and the reality was that the Lenin statue was erected by a private company. The private company decided to raise it. Now, where does the BJP and the RSS come into play? Yes, of course, the BJP workers celebrated uh, in in glee when that happened, and why not? Mm-hmm. Did we ask why did the private limited company erect it in the very first place? Was it enchanted with the CPM's ideology, or is it because they were pressurized into doing it by the ruling mm-hmm. dispensation? Yeah. The corporate uh, government nexus is not very unknown in this country yeah. or in any other country for that matter. Then the second question one needs to ask is, if at all they did it on their free will, why did they raise it? Yeah. Are they disenchanted? But these questions were not asked. I was at IMAX show. <laughs> I don't know uh, why, but my voice was muted when I was raising these points. Wow. So the point is that we need to ask these questions to whosoever is in power. And that is why I I know that there will be lots of scrutiny suddenly on the north for anything that will go wrong. But it is good for democracy. Yeah. What, I, what I lament is the fact that it's, that democracy was taken for hostage, even by the media, all these years. Agreed. No, and in Arnab show, I think only one mic is unmuted. Any other mic can get muted at any point of time. So <laughs> On Mind Podcast, no, um, uh, mic no mics gets, are muted. No, no mics are muted. But what does it say, Shubrasta, about these people who raise such a hue and cry about 
Lenin about someone who you know even Russia doesn't care about that much you know they had the 100th year, th- year of um, October revolution last year mm. and Putin told them that uh, only ex- experts quote unquote will celebrate the um, uh, you know um, anniversary of uh, 100 years of October revolution so so much to speak for that I mean um, Lenin is not Ukra- you know what Ukraine has done to Lenin statues let's not even get there yes. I am talking about the scores of political activists that have been murdered by CPIM in my entire political consciousness i have not seen this kind of outrage being generated for those political um, um, activists who have been killed and murdered and maimed by cpim and marxist goons in tripura in um, bengal and in kerala for years i mean our good friend advaita has been um, uh, chronicling um, kanur, uh, you know kanur kerala, yeah. the um, killing fields of kanur and mine uh, we have uh, we have done tons anjali of report- anjali george report. we have done tons of reportage from there and we've been hoping and you know uh, that somebody will pick it up in the big media they haven't and here you know there was um, sadanand master um, story uh, you know we were um, i mean i remember how much advaita went of you know to make that story you know to get it into people's consciousness here was this man whose limbs were cut off and he was fighting in election you know such stories have come out mm-hmm. and not one of them generated this but, kind of outrage that i have seen in last but, two Sunanda, days you are, you are talking i mean about I, this does not sorry this does not impress me their shouting in no, no, their no, 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 twitter no, timelines does not impress no, me, me at all you are talking about a class of people on the left who have made it their life's business to idolize lenin stalin and mao without talking about the number of people killed the without talking about the tiananmen square massacre without talking about so many things you know uh, that ex- uh, excesses that communists have, we are talking about the gulags so for them to forget about this workers uh, being hacked to death is is just a natural part of this yeah. which le- i Uh, i i was shocked you know today uh, for once i was uh, i was telling all the left wingers to listen to ram guha or who i almost never agree with but he said that bottom line lenin was a despot and adit i had a very senior no, no, journalist listen, listen. from times of india jyoti malhotra asking me in 2018 yesterday this is and i had to remind her i said jyoti this is 2018 she asked me on a public timeline she said what is wrong with communism Huh? I said, if I have to tell you in 2018 what is wrong in communism, I mean, really, I don't know what to tell. You. you should have said first of all, you can't use Twitter. <laughs> I asked her. I said, "Forget everything else." I just, I asked her. I said, "Is it you would be writing this in a government-controlled social media no, platform?" I asked her. I said, "Jyoti, tell me one country that you would like to, one communist country that you would like to go and make your home." Hmm. She never appeared after that. After that, oh, she disappeared. You know, so, so I am telling I, you. I, I that, heard you know, this interview. I am shocked at what no, I said. I heard this interview where uh, Ram Guha sound uh, was saying in a very thick area, this vandalism and this is bad, and of course was going on his tirade, and then he said. that lenin was a despot and indian communists have outsourced their ideology to uh, uh, out of india leaders and stuff Two minutes later, the grand, uh, uh, you know, safekeeper of communism in media, N. Ram, came. I completely disagree with Ram Guha, yeah. and then didn't say one statement on how Lenin was bad or how Marx was, you know, that or how Mao was there, and that's the problem. 
Yeah. These guys are not able to condemn or even say what they are communists. They are communists. Mridula now Mukherjee we know they are all card carrying communists. No, maybe and not card carrying. And and Ram is. No, and no, Ram is a card carrying. No, see, there are I I I classify historians or alleged uh, journalists into two things. Uh, either are accidental uh, communists or alleged communists, <laughs> right? Because they never admit. So, anyways, uh, Shubhrasta, um, going forward, I wanted yes. to talk, spend a little bit of time on your book, The Last Battle of Sarai Ghat. Mm-hmm. So, if you know, it's it's a fascinating read, and uh, very few political books are you know uh, in India now they are increasing, but you know India doesn't have so many, and especially state-specific ones. Somehow we always t- tend to look at the national picture. So I loved that you focused right. on one state and stuff. So you know what brought about this book, and uh, what was your experience writing it, along with Rajat? You know, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, within the anti-left front, sorry, anti-Congress front that we have, either on Twitter or in our uh, in our uh, comfort spaces, we always lament about lack of narratives and lack of institution building. Hmm. So I think that that is where the the, the germ of the idea uh, that came from. um after the assam elections had sorry in the middle of the assam elections uh it while we were you know engaged in this uh, very rave poster war uh, holding war with congress uh rajat and i had a fleeting discussion on how all this should be a part of up of the political folklore if at all bjp comes to power and we but that idea always uh, you know like remained buried until the elections got over and we were just and we mentioned that in the in the first part of the book as well we were taking a stroll uh, down uh, you know the brahmaputra and then we realized that actually this should be chronicle because the kind of victory that we we could see um i wouldn't say in terms of which we had uh, we had uh, imagined such a landslide victory but we were sure that change would come in assam so we we thought about it and we decided about it then that we should really really write this book uh, because again the whole history uh the political history especially of of assam was dominated by either assamese intellectuals or uh, intellectuals from delhi who had interpreted assam through the lens of the left uh the left perspective um most of the assamese intellectuals not all but most always carried a left baggage with them therefore we thought that perhaps two north indians uh writing on uh, on on assam would be an interesting um service also in some sense to understanding the region a little more than merely uh, reading about it in newspapers so it all came from there yeah. congratulations congratulations on the fabulous book Thank you. we recommend it to oh, every yeah. single listener on our uh, mind podcast this is a phenomenal book that you must read and um, you know as um, adil rightly pointed out you know there is such dearth of these books so once in a while when these books and i hope more and more people start writing but once in a while when these books do come we need to support it we need to encourage these writers thank you so much to you and rajat for writing, for this. writing this absolutely yeah. so thank before you. before we end the podcast shubhras thank you for reading oh, yeah, pleasure uh, shubhras before we end the podcast i wanted to ask you so any recommendations non political recommendations that you have for our listeners for this week it can be anything a place you have visited a book you have read um a movie you have seen anything it just doesn't have to be political oh Yes, I'm reading this book by Diana L. L. Uh, Ek, and I'm sure most of you would know about this book, India: A Sacred Geography. Yes, it's a phenomenal book. Yes, we must read it. Somebody from the West actually has invested so much of time in understanding our region, and it's it's a fascinating book. The way it's uh, 
articulate India is a completely new articulation uh, for most of us. So I think it's a must read by mm-hmm. all. Uh, by all uh, you know india loving nationalists uh, interesting by the way we had a uh, we we have a few people who might write rebuttals to that book also so that's going to be fascinating but do read that book uh, so by dina ek you said right yeah. so yeah uh, my yeah. recommendation for this week was a movie i watched called black panther it's oh yeah a brilliant movie uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. A, a historic movie because, um, I mean, it was dominated by African-American actors and thank God for that. I mean, they didn't have like uh, white folks playing African characters because it was set in Africa and the way that it was shot and it was envisioned, it was just brilliant. So that's one movie that I would like uh, everyone to watch. And then I watched a Hindi movie yesterday called, it was an old Hindi movie called Tumhari Sulu, which was actually very nice. Really? And I loved Vidya Balan's performance in that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I was not expecting yes. anything, but when you get married and you're flipping through channels with your wife this is what you watch and thank god for that sometimes <laughs> interesting 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 uh, I, um, uh, Sunanda your recommendation this week you know I have been so busy with these events that we are doing last week that we did and one that we are doing um, you know that I'm moderating tomorrow I haven't had a chance to read anything but I've been revisiting a lot of um, uh, you know Sri Devi movies and I actually you know after her death I actually went and watched Sadma one more time so um you know uh, we don't think much about um, the times gone by but it it really didn't bring a lot of nostalgia back so i i would i mean all those younger people who haven't watched sadma you know go ahead and watch it it is it's a beautiful story of the times that are very, that were very innocent i know yeah. and at the times when kamalasan was doing what he does best best <laughs> and he was not acting he was not <laughs> No, he was acting, but he was acting. where he was supposed to act. He was not acting not in the on the political, political stage, theater, which yeah. Rishi Kejriwal. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but and that last scene by Kamal Hassan is phenomenal. Phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that ends the podcast this week. Thank you so much for joining us, Shubhrasta. Thank you. I it hope you enjoy. You enjoyed it as much pleasure. as we did. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, and it was great. With, uh, with both of you. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Thank Shubhrasta. You. And for all the listeners, uh, this is Adit Kapadia signing off. Me and Sunanda will be back next week with more. Thank you, guys.